Stalin's economic policy. Stalin's economic aims involved a second revolution to to modernise Russia, and he also wanted to confirm his own authority. He was also worried the USSR was falling behind other countries in Europe. And so the means of Stalin's um, economic reforms were through collectivization, which was an agricultural reform, the five-year plans, which were about industry, and all these were basically revolutions from above. They wanted to be swift. They wanted to go from an agricultural to an industrial economy. So collectivization. Collectivization started in 1928, and... The pri- one of the primary things was that farms were made communal. There were three types of farms. The TOS, where the peasants owned the land, but they shared the machinery and cooperated in activities. This only happened before 1930. The SOVKOS, which was owned and run by the states, and peasants received a wage. And the KOLKOS, where the land is- was held in common and run by an elective committee. There are about 50 to 100 households put together Tools were pulled, food was pulled, um, you know, domestic labour was pulled, um, and each family also got an, one acre for land of land for private produce. So there was some sense of a private kind of incentive for people to do it. Um, a major part of these collective farms were the MTS stations, machine and tractor stations. They hired out machinery, but they importantly, they had a political department within them, and so this was used to monitor these farms and make sure they were going towards Stalin's goals. These were voluntary uh, at first, but they were later coerced by Stalin. And ultimately, there were 25 million farmers in only 250,000 farms. Along with collectivization, there was policy of dekulakization. Stalin thought the kulaks were hoarding grain at the expense of farmers and workers. And many of these kulaks were attacked and killed or arrested. It is considered uh, by some historians to be a form of genocide because it was a direct um it was a direct killing of people due to their social group. The re- there were many reasons that collectivization was pursued. Um, there's kind of two schools of thought, whether it's an ideological reason, like many other debates within um, this era, or was it a response to grain shortages? It did raise money. F- they, did, they also needed to raise money for industry but, and modernise agriculture. So the MTS stations were a major way they could modernise agriculture. They also wanted to free peasants to gain more factory workers. So by improving agriculture, uh, peasants would be able to grow in wealth and eventually be able to move to the urban centres. It was also a way of uh, legitimising Stalin. If he has complete control over the economic policy, this shows that he's emerged victorious out of the power struggle. And, of course, he also wanted to end the kulaks. There was resistance to collectivization though. It was high in the 1930s, there were many, and there were many arson attacks. Um, organised mass disturbances increased, and in March 1930, collectivization was temporarily halted, although restarted in 1931, due to these resist- problems of resistance. Collectivization can only be considered to be near 100% in 1941, so it took a very, very long time for collectivization to be fully implemented, showing that people didn't really take it up willingly. 
Many Kulaks refu- also refused to hand over their grain. The Kulak term was vague. Um, it had a dynamic definition depending on what the authorities uh, needed at that moment. It was really just a political tool and didn't really represent a rigid class. So in response to this, there were many houses forcefully searched and this added to the killing of Kulaks. So was collectivization successful? Well, first of all, grain harvest was stagnant. Livestock farming decreased in terms of sheep, 146.7 million per, um, per head in 1928 to 61.1 million in 1935. The annual food consumption also decreased, 1928 to 1932, showing that food production uh, wasn't being distributed well to the consumers. The amount of peasants freed to work in factories did increase, though. So this was one of the goals of Stalin, was to gain uh, more urban workers. And this did happen. So, and this goes, also goes back to an ideological goal of transitioning to socialism. Economically, though, it was a disaster. The grain procurement remained constant, um, though, and there, were, there was sufficient food to feed workers. Historians challenged the positive effects on industry. Um, resources were really diverted from industry to modernise farming, so many historians doubt whether the actual gains that collectivization were really being distributed back to industry as they were intended. There was also horrendous suffering. Um, according to Medvedev, 10 million um, were dispossessed from 1928 to 1932. And as I said, investment to industry from agriculture was very unclear. Um, and there was also, to top it off, a 1923 to 1933 famine. The perspectives on the aims of Stalin's economic policy um, differ. Some historians say it was driven from above and an attempt to develop socialism and Stalinify the economy. Others say it was driven from pre-existing conditions. Um, it was pre-planned to, to, to relieve issues that exist in society and not necessarily a top-down dire- ideological directive. It was really, uh, to some, driven by the, the extremely um, poor nature of agriculture in Russia. Uh, according to Lee, um, Stalin, Stalin's, he accepts this kind of driven from above use of force, but also downplays Stalin's knowledge of economic issues, essentially um, creating a synthesis of the two perspectives.